You're listening to the Play Like a Girl podcast, episode number 26. You play ball like a girl! I'm Nikki B with Play Like a Girl, made just for female athletes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Play Like a Girl podcast. I'm your host, Nikki B. Here at Play Like a Girl, we aim to encourage more confidence in young women who play sports and give them the necessary tools and advice to have an amazing career in sports and beyond. If you are a young woman who plays sports and lives an active lifestyle, or you know one of these young women, I am so excited you are here. Each week, we'll either bring you a guest in the sports world or have a roundtable discussion of the many taboo and important topics in the world of female sports. Are you with me? Let's change the game. All right, Plague listeners, today's guest is the 49ers offensive assistant coach. And yes, she is a woman. Before she became the second female coach in the NFL, she was a four-sport athlete in college, quarterback for the Kansas City Titans in the Women's Football Alliance, and on the USA Women's National Football Team. She also interned for the Atlanta Falcons and was the general manager of the Kansas City Titans. We talk about collaboration over competition, what we have to do to change societal norms, and just doing it. Please give a warm plaque welcome to today's guest, Katie Sowers. Well, hello, Katie. I am so excited to talk to you. So thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, this is so, so cool. Okay, so something that we do with our guests just to do like a little introduction is some rapid fire questions. So are you ready? Oh, boy, I think so. (laughs) Okay, first one, where do you currently live? I currently live in San Jose, California. Love it. Oh my gosh, that's where I was born. What? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, San Jose girl, that's where I was born, but <laughs> now now Sacramento, but NorCal girl all the way. Um, okay. Well, where did you grow up? I grew up in Kansas, and yes, I, I'm not in Kansas anymore. I get it. <laughs> I grew up in Kansas. I'll go ahead and say it for you. I hear that it all the time. Amazing. Oh, that is too funny. So you and Toto are not in Kansas anymore. Yeah, there you go. I did have a dog named Toto. Okay, don't no, judge you didn't. Me. I did. Is it not because a, I did not have a dog named Toto? Oh, you but, did okay. not have a dog. Okay, okay. <laughs> and then, what sports did you play growing up? So, I football was my first love growing up, but you know, I, I played tons of different sports. We played uh, my twin sister and I. Whenever I say we, I kind of talk for both of us because you know, we one womb, one pregnancy. <laughs> um, played hockey with all the neighborhood boys. Um, grew up and and basketball kind of ended up being my second favorite sport. My dad was a college basketball coach, so uh, I don't know if you want me to go into to what I played all the way throughout college. But then high school played volleyball, basketball, track. College played basketball, softball, soccer, track and field. So you so a lot of different sports. You pretty much played every single sport. <laughs> Pretty much, that besides is, like lacrosse or anything, mm-hmm. but Kansas didn't have that stuff. That's, right. You know, we don't have uh, that, that in is, Kansas. <laughs> that is awesome. Wow, that is super, super cool. We'll dive into like your sports journey in a little bit. But uh, next question, what is your favorite quote? Oh, man, this is a tough one. <laughs> My favorite quote. You know what? I, mean, I, w- I would have to go with something simple. Just do it. Mm, love it. Because because here's the thing about that. And I'm not trying to do anything for Nike or anything. <laughs> but in terms of just life, mm-hmm. we have so many barriers and I could preach forever. But 
literally all you have to do is just go after it just do it so i've mm-hmm. always i've always loved that it's so true well i think there's reason behind why nike chose that slogan because it's so true like there's so many things in life that hold us back from doing what we want to do and it really just comes down to just doing it like just get out there and do it you're never gonna know until you do it so yeah that's a good one okay next question what is one of your superpowers one of my superpowers would probably be playing the guitar, even though I'm not very good, but I like to think I am. I think in a past life I was maybe in like a boy band or something. That's, I love that. <laughs> that is uh, so, so cool. Yeah, so Hidden I'm talent like, from you that we didn't I, know about. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'd, I'd, like to say, I'd like to say that's it. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, uh, final rapid fire question. Who is your favorite athlete? My favorite athlete would probably have to be Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. So I was a big Cowboys fan growing up. So the, the Deion, when he was in Dallas, mm-hmm. um, that was always kind of the guy that I looked up to. That is too funny because actually here at Max Preps, uh, they actually did a, a series with Dion. So it's just too funny. We have I have my producer Michelle that's you know right across from me, and she just looked up at me because she edited the whole series with Dion Sanders. Oh, that's so awesome. that is too funny that you just <laughs> said that. Oh my goodness, small world. Okay, so. First question for you, kind of like a big question, but in um, if you can kind of long story short it for us, who is Katie Sowers? So I would say I'm your everyday person. I'm just a, a typical typical person um, chasing my dreams and, and doing what it is that makes me happy no matter, uh, no matter what the barriers that society puts out there. Uh, and that's that's my main goal. Long story short, my main goal is to hopefully do that for myself so it opens doors for other people to do the same. Mm, powerful. I love that. And you're you're totally living that. So that is so, so cool. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about your sports journey and let's start with high school. I mean, you can kind of start before that. So like what was kind of your, you said football was your first love. Maybe that was the first sport that you played and then kind of leading into what sports you played in high school. Yeah, so in high school, so... I, I played obviously tons of different youth sports and and whatnot, but in high school I played volleyball, basketball, and track and field. Basketball was kind of the main sport, and it was interesting because throughout high school and college I was always kind of in my twin sister's shadow in mm. terms of of sports. So I think that's one thing that's really helped kind of catapult me. I mean, a lot of people can like you know oh the poor thing, you know, she lived in her (laughs) sister's shadow. The first time I ever talked to a newspaper, it was actually them saying, hey, you know, they pulled me out of class, which I don't know what world we're living in where they pulled me out of class. But they said, you know, we we just wanted to, we're doing an article about twins and we wanna um, know how you feel living in your sister's shadow. And like, that was the, that that was what the article was about. And, you know, and, and so that's, that was just, but I was her biggest fan and, mm. you know, and she was mine. And so throughout, throughout high school, basketball kind of took over my life. Um, and then college, same thing, but ended up obviously, like I said before, getting an opportunity to play a number of different sports. So mm-hmm. sports has always really just consumed my life. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, let's talk about that. So you have a twin sister and I, I feel like at that moment you were in high school and that's kind of a, I, I feel like a pivotal, you know, change in your life when someone kind of says something like that to you, that's that probably maybe not even like crossed your mind before or it did, but then it was just confirmed. So as a high school athlete, like how did you really overcome that? Because you said it kind of catapulted you into like pushing you forward. But um, what were kind of the emotions and things you, you went through and how did you overcome it? So, yeah, growing up, 
being a twin, it's just, it's pretty common to be compared. And so that was just something that I got used to was, you know, no matter what it was, whether we were playing basketball, what we looked like, it was, it was a constant comparison. It's the only way you can really tell the difference. And, you know, being in her shadow, she played varsity basketball as a freshman. I, you know, I led the freshman team. Uh, and so one of the first calls that I ever got from the newspaper was, was a call about, what it feels like to be in my sister's shadow and so you know instead of really feeling sorry for myself and and I guess being angry about where I was at I I really had to self-reflect on what is important in life and uh, and I realized that what I have with my sister she's my biggest fan I'm her biggest fan is truly a blessing and and I think it's really what has pushed me and catapulted me to, to be the best version of myself and really truly find out who I am mm-hmm. um, outside of just sports and this who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I would say that all of those examples of what some people might think is of hardship actually led me to where I am today. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. And I feel like it's funny you say that because I feel like those things like are really true qualities of an athlete, taking something that may seem like a hardship to other people, but really turning it into a blessing in disguise. So I, I really I really like that and it, it totally makes sense. But let's talk about this your your process from the sports you played in high school to going off to college. What was the college recruiting process like for you? So I always knew, you know, when I when I realized I didn't think I could play football because I was a girl. Basketball was really my main focus. My dad was, like I said, he was a collegiate basketball coach. And so going into, I had I had um, offers to play volleyball, to do track and field, uh, but I really wanted to go to go with basketball. So my twin si- sister actually got division one offers mm-hmm. to play basketball and I didn't, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, that was okay with me. I, I you know, I, I wanted to make the decision to be, everyone always says, the big fish in a small pond. Mm-hmm. I was okay with being in a small pond. I would get more playing time, you know, and, and uh, bigger school I just didn't think was a fit for me. And, it, and I thought it would be great to go to different places. So I ended up going to a, a small Mennonite school in uh, northern Indiana called Goshen College and played basketball after my first two years of Hessen College, which is where mm-hmm. my mom works. So mm-hmm. two years at Hessen College playing basketball and then went on to Goshen um, to finish out my collegiate career in all my different sports mm-hmm. uh, and take and taking a victory lap, you know, a fifth year, nice little victory lap to finish that out. <laughs> we'll talk about that. So you, not only did you play basketball in college, you played three other sports. So what was it like juggling three sports in college? Like I can only imagine, like, I thought it was tough just juggling one. So how did you <laughs> juggle playing four different sports in college? Well, it all kind of worked out. So my first year, uh, Actually, my second year at Hessen College, the softball team needed more players. And so, um, I, you know, I was like, I'll play softball. So <laughs> so that was really fun. I played for a year. And then um, so really it was just basketball and softball. And then when I got to Goshen College, uh, I after my basketball season ended, I had my victory lap. Like I said, I had some more credits to finish up. And so the soccer team needed a backup goalie and there they thought I was athletic. So they figured, why not? <laughs> uh, so so it was a, quite an experience to actually learn soccer all over again. I hadn't mm-hmm. played soccer since elementary school. Mm-hmm. So really, I had an opportunity to be taught a sport as an adult. 
Um, and then with that, so soccer, track and field, and I started playing football my final year in college. Mm. Uh, I would, I would uh, do my warm up at track, you know, and my sister would drive up, pick me up, and we'd go off to, to football practice. <laughs> oh, wow. That is so cool. What, Coaches and- never even noticed. <laughs> That is too funny. Oh my gosh. Well, and one thing that you said a little bit earlier is when you were going to college, you had you thought that football wasn't really an option, but then it became an option your last year of college. So kind of talk about that process. And then when you realize that it kind of could be an option again. Yeah. So football, like I said, it, it was my first love. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, even as open-minded as my family was, and mm-hmm. I, football just never seemed like it was even a possibility. And so it was never even a question of whether I could play Mm. uh, on any boys teams. So then after college and all my sports were kind of wrapping up and I, I think I saw it was some ESPN top 10 where one of the women's teams was on one of the top 10 reels. And so I looked up what's the closest team in Northern Indiana. And there was actually a team in uh, the southern part of Michigan called the West Michigan Mayhem. And so I, you know, I, I found that team and I decided to just do it and just mm-hmm. go for it. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so, so I would drive an hour and 15 minutes, you know, one way. Mm-hmm. I would leave practice in Goshen, Indiana, drive an hour and 15 minutes, practice in Michigan, and then drive back uh, just to do it all over again. So uh, wow. it was took a lot of dedication but it i i mean it was probably some of the best years of my life the wait is over the shy returns with new episodes on paramount plus what brings you to the show opportunity everybody get down Walk right up to the side. a new rain is coming to the south side never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job the Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash TheShy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Oh, yeah. And I think that's so cool because, you know, it's really like a, a lot of times in life, like it's just one decision that changes everything. Like we talked about, it's just just do it. And that one one time you just do it, it really changes everything. So um, talk about how it was for you finally playing football again and getting into playing into the Women's Football Alliance. How was that? Yeah. So when I when I first started playing football, I I don't think it really sunk in that I was living the dream of mm. when I was little mm-hmm. until I played for Team USA in 2013. I was selected to play. Uh, we played in Finland. And I remember looking around at all of the helmets that had USA on them. And for a moment, it, it took me back to when I was little. And all I wanted was to know what it felt like to wear the same uniform, the same helmets as a bunch of other teammates. Mm. Um, you know, I could get as many boys and, you know, around the neighborhood together, but I, I really just wanted to feel what it was like to really, truly be on a team. And so mm-hmm. it kind of hit me. It came full circle when I was able to look around and see that USA on those helmets. And it was a pretty cool feeling. That is so, so cool. And I'm sure, too, I mean, just playing for the country, too, is, you know, a very high honor. And I feel like it's kind of like almost very emotional in that moment for you, just like bringing back all the memories. So I can only imagine how cool that moment for you was. Um, And talk about your pro career. I mean, what was that like? So my pro career in terms Mm -hmm. of like 
coaching in the NFL or playing? Yeah, so let's talk about your pro career going from playing professionally and then into becoming a coach. Because I know, I think I read too that you interned for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, so I like did. how? So yeah, and then you also, I think, were the general manager of um, one of the the women's uh, football alliance team. So yeah. how did the, those all you know job opportunities come into play? And then how did you transition from playing football professionally into now coaching? So being a general manager for my football team, um, I really did that because I'm passionate about it. I, you know, we don't get paid to do that. Mm, uh, wow. We, it, it took a lot of time. It took a lot of energy. Um, but I truly believe that, that we get to where we want to go by giving ourselves opportunities, by exposing ourselves, um, by networking, by um, giving just ourselves, exposing ourselves to different um, opportunities. And so by doing that, by being a general manager, by meeting people, and by saying, hey, you know what, I'm going to go coach a sixth grade girls basketball team because I just want to, I want to coach, I want to get to know people, um, I need to make a little extra money. And there was a mistake in scheduling during that, um, that, that, the, the fifth grade, sixth grade, and seventh grade were all kind of lumped together, and I was supposed to be a sixth grade, and, and they accidentally put me with fifth grade. Um, and that just so happened to be the team that Scott Pioli's daughter, who was former general manager for the chiefs, his daughter played on. And mm. so I got to know Scott. He's now the assistant general manager for the Falcons and he kind of became my mentor. So that mm. mistaken scheduling is really what I would say brought me, uh, kind of on the path to, to the journey that I was on in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So did you ever like, before, you know, getting the opportunity to coach, did you ever think that coaching in the NFL was ever going to happen for you? Did you ever think that that's something that you would do one day? I, I, I didn't until I saw Becky Hammond. And that was, mm -hmm. I believe it was 2013. I think I even posted a picture on my Instagram <laughs> that said, NFL, I'm coming for you. And it was mm -hmm. me coaching, coaching youth football. But it was the first, it was before any females had even interned anything. Um, in the NFL. And it finally popped in my head that, you know, once it was visit visible to me, I realized mm -hmm. that it was possible. And mm -hmm. I there was nothing that was going to keep me from that. And mm -hmm. I and it was funny, I would talk to people and I was positive that this was where I was going to be. And I mm -hmm. knew it. That is so cool. And talk about that too. So like once you realize in that moment, like, this is what I'm going to do. What other things that did you do to get you to where you are today? And what opportunities did you take or, or make for yourself to get to you to where you are today? I knew that I didn't want to just be where I am uh, because, uh, you know, I, I knew I was going to hear it all the time. You're, you're there because you're a female. They're mm -hmm. just, you know, they're giving you an opportunity. I knew that no matter what job I wanted to be in, I wanted to make an impact on that team. Mm -hmm. So from that moment on, I knew I was going to better myself. I already felt like I was kind of at a disadvantage uh, because I didn't have the network that uh, a lot of other coaches had where they mm -hmm. played in college and, you know, their college coach was this guy, that guy. Uh, I, I already knew that I had a lot of work in front of me. And so my job was really just to, to get to a point where I knew I could better a team. And that was by educating myself even more um, I, I found all the books that I could to read mm -hmm. to to really just try to catch up and, and figure out what it is 
that was going to make me someone who um, couldn't be replaced. And Mm -hmm. so when I got onto a team, that was going to be my mindset. I can't be replaced. I'm going to be someone Mm -hmm. that makes a difference. I'm not just Mm going to be here to just ride the wave. I'm actually, I'm going to, I'm going to make a wave. Mm -hmm. Oh, that is so cool. And I, I definitely can tell you really pride yourself on making an impact, but like we've kind of talked about just creating those opportunities for yourself, you know, you just self-educating and figuring out what it is you have to do to make an impact um, is just is so awesome. And talk about too, as a coach, like what are some things that you do to make an impact on your team? What's some advice that you could give to other coaches out there, football or not, to really make an impact on their team? So one thing that's been uh, pretty cool that I've seen, uh, my background, I think anybody who has diversity is so important mm-hmm. when it comes to any work environment and my background is going to be way different than another coaches and for me I learned the game of football as an adult and I think that's mm-hmm. something that not a lot of people can say and so the foundation of what the X's and O's everything the the why's behind it I had to figure it all out basically by mm-hmm. myself as an adult and mm-hmm. so I think um being just I'm I'm naturally a teacher. I'm naturally, I love the foundation. I love teaching the wise. And so knowing that that was an asset that I had, that I could bring to the team. And I think, so anybody out there coaching any work environment, when you know what it is that you're good at, mm-hmm. um, don't try to do everything, know what it is that you're good at and, and learn from other people who are good at other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don't try to be the know-it-all. Don't try to be the person that tries to hide your insecurities. (laughs) Ask questions. Don't be afraid to look dumb because the more questions you ask, I guarantee you there's so many other people that that are just too scared to ask that same question. Mm -hmm. So learn from people. Don't be afraid to ask questions and find what it is that, that you can give to a team. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is so true. And it's so funny you say that. I'm reading this book, Essentialism, right now, and I brought it up a couple podcasts or a couple episodes ago. And that's really what it talks about. I don't know if you've read that book, but it's really about less but better. So it's really about finding it out what you're good at and doing just honing in on those things. Like, what can you do? Like, do less. It's not about doing more and doing every single little thing yeah. possible and being good at everything. It's about honing in on what you're good at and doing it the best that you can. So I think that Absolutely. is, yeah. And as a coach, it's so true because as a coach, you know, you can't, it's hard. No one's good at every single little thing. So if you try to be good at everything, there's going to be things that fall through the cracks and things that happen. Yeah. But if you can really focus on the things that you're good at, um, it, it's so true. I think it'll, it'll definitely help the team 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, So what do you think, what are some things that you would love to see happen for the football world, whether it's NFL or anything else, but what are some things that you would love to see happen for the football world? I, I, you know, in, in, I guess this relates to the football world, but just the world in general, Mm -hmm. I would love to see the societal norms Mm -hmm. that limit us. I would love to see them disappear. And I know Mm -hmm. that that's going to be a long time. Um, but just this idea that, that women, can't coach men. Mm -hmm. This idea that, you know, a normal question that I get is, oh, do the guys listen to you? But (laughs) then if you stop to think about the same thing in reverse, if like we were to look at something that we consider more of a feminine sport, maybe like ballet, Mm -hmm. and if there was a male director, never once would we ask him, do the Mm -hmm. women listen to you? Mm -hmm. And so just this idea of like what it is that we're asking, even though it's it's totally a realistic question. That's the world we live in, and mm-hmm. um, and I answer it. You know, I, 
just like you know anybody else but but just this mindset needs to change mm. um would we ask the same thing and 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 why is it that we're so um uneasy with a woman teaching a man mm-hmm. and just so in football football i think is one of the prime examples of um just a macho more <laughs> of masculine um, male-dominated world, and so it's just very clear and in, in this sport, and that's kind of where I feel like we can use as a, a learning tool for just the whole world in general. Mm-hmm. So true, and I, I love that what you just said. I mean, I think it's 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 so important. But what do you think that we have to start doing? I guess um, not just in football, but in the world in general, to get to where we stop asking. Like you said, I love that example of we would never ask in ballet. Like you would never ask if the girls listen to a male instructor. So what do you think that, you know, as society, we have to do to get to that point? I think we need to stop being a, it really is going to be little things that maybe Mm -hmm. you think have no connection, Mm -hmm. but it's how we raise our kids, how we speak to our kids, Mm -hmm. not being afraid if our, our young son picks up a pink book (laughs) bag, Mm -hmm. not being, not being afraid of, you know, things that might be feminine, Mm -hmm. um, but just accepting people and letting people be who they are and knowing that no one is no better or or worse Mm -hmm. than anyone else just because of what it is that they're passionate about Mm -hmm. and I think that will create a domino effect and just to the the way that we as a society view feminism and masculinity Mm -hmm. and 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 that will in turn change the way that we view power dynamics in in men and women Right. Yeah, I think it's really cool. We're kind of starting to see it. And I think that's why right now is just such a cool period in in time because, you know, we have we do have coaches that are female in the NFL. We have coaches that are female in the NBA. It's like it's really starting to happen. And it's really cool that we are having these conversations. And I I do hope and I know you hope that one day it's you know, we don't question it anymore um, and that it's just normal. It's just the way society works. (laughs) Yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. All right, Katie. So one thing, what is something that you would tell your younger self? One thing that I would tell my younger self is don't be afraid of doing something that other people might look twice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, and you might think, you know, I'm already kind of doing that. Mm-hmm. But I think when I was younger, it took me a while to, to really realize how important it is to just listen to what it is that, you know, like, tune out. I actually have letters that I wrote in, I forget what grade I was in, but it talked about what boys do and what girls do. Girls Mm -hmm. cook, girls clean, boys do the lawn work, boys, you know, and (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm thinking to myself, wow, there was a point in my life where I was really falling into that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And somehow I I found my way out, but Mm -hmm. I I wish I would have known at a younger age just to, to continue to move forward with what it is that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I would have caught on a little bit earlier to this 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 love of football and love of coaching, mm-hmm. and I would have known an earlier age. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And what about for the young girls who look up to you, the ones who are like, I want to be a coach in the NFL what, one day? What's uh, some pieces of advice that you would give to them? Pieces of advice that I would give is, first of all, um, I think we need to, to forget this idea of chasing to be the first at something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I say that in it's, it's great to, to chase 
being the first whatever. But if you stop and think about it, when we're saying, I want to be the first girl to, you know, I want to be the first female head coach. Mm-hmm. I, like, let's use that example, mm-hmm. which I'm not saying that I do. <laughs> I would love to be a, to be a head coach someday, but I'm not going to say that I would love to be the first because if I'm saying that, I'm I'm then competing against all the other women mm. out there. If a female becomes a head coach before me, I am going to be absolutely thrilled. Mm. And so I think that's one thing I hear too much, and, and it's hard to kind of convey the message of, of what it is that I'm truly, truly trying to say when I say don't aim to be the first. Mm-hmm. Just aim to do what it is that you love. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll, we'll stop seeing all this um, this competitiveness between you know, between each other and, and mm-hmm. working together to just better society. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that that's probably some of my main advice that I would yeah. say to anybody out there. That is powerful. And that honestly gave me chills because that's something <laughs> we've kind of touched on in this podcast before. And it's so, so true. Like it's not about competing with one another. It's about how can we work together for one common goal? And I just, I I love that. I mean, it's funny, like you said, when you first say it, it's kind of like, oh, like why wouldn't I want to be the first at something? But yeah. when you take a step back, it's really a matter of, no, I'm going to do what it's it is I'm passionate about, but if someone else gets there first, I'm going to be the right, you know, right beside her, helping her, helping lift yep. her up. And I, I think that's really, really cool. So that's awesome. Um, well, Katie, do you have any final words or advice for our listeners? Continue to practice hard and play like a girl because mm-hmm. the more you practice, the more you play like a girl, you know? <laughs> oh, I love that. You kind of took that. It's funny. I have one last question for you. You're going you're gonna to laugh when you hear it. Um, but before I ask that question, where can everyone find you and what's what's coming up for you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Kate Sowers 5 mm-hmm. or that's probably the main one when I try mm-hmm. to change my name, Connection Lost. Uh-oh. Oh, are we back? Yep, I can still hear you. <laughs> oh, it's all good. A, a big thing came up over your face. It said connection lost. Oh, how funny. No, all good. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, and what's what's coming up for you right now? So we got the combine coming mm-hmm. up. I'll be Exciting. in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And uh, that'll 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 be quite the experience mm-hmm. going. So it'll be my third or fourth combine now mm-hmm. um, amazing so we got that coming up we got you know we got free agency got the mm-hmm. draft so even though it's the off season it's still a pretty busy time definitely definitely okay and then final question for you katie this is why i said you're gonna laugh but i ask all my guests so i have to ask you even though you kind of already answered it but what does playing like a girl mean to you it means playing to the best of your ability mm-hmm. i mean it, it means um encompassing everything that it is that you want to do mm-hmm. you want to you want to run fast you want to throw you want to throw well mm-hmm. you play like a girl you mm-hmm. practice hard if anyone can practice any guys that want to play like a girl just practice a little bit more <laughs> you'll get there you can do it <laughs> i have faith in you <laughs> i love it well thank you so much katie i really appreciate you being on the podcast today oh thank you All right, you guys, I really enjoyed talking to Katie today. I think she just had such amazing advice for all of us. And the best thing about this episode was her motto of just doing it. 
So please make sure to share this episode with a friend who you think will enjoy this podcast. I'd love to hear your feedback and thoughts on this episode. So head to iTunes to leave a review. You can also send any questions or topics you'd like us to cover by sending us a DM on Instagram at playlikeagirlmp. We want to know what you want to hear. Before you go, screenshot this episode and tag us at playlikeagirlmp so we know you're listening alongside us. Thank you so much for listening to episode 26 of Play Like a Girl. We hope you come back for more. Once again, I'm Nikki B, and remember to never stop playing like a girl. You play ball like a girl! The time has come for drag queens to save the world. world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. (laughs) Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.